welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 67, part one of Miriam Swaffield's teaching on how young people are coming to faith today. Um, so, what I'll do is, this is a bit of a whistle-stop tour, basically my aim now is to give you some really practical, um, on-the-ground stuff around what we might be able to do as local believers and part of local communities that is seeing young adults, particularly 18 to 24-year-olds, come to faith today. And this is a major issue for the entire church, across every denomination. People are asking the question, um, firstly, like, can we even get our kids to 18 anymore still involved in community? So there's a big conversation going on with youth work. And then secondly, people know there's this huge drop-off rate around people not reconnecting to community when they leave home for university or for uh, work or, or just move around the country. And um, what can we do about that? So my job with Fusion exists to help any and every local church connect with students. We help your teenagers. We want you guys to train your teenagers um, like in university before they go, in the sense that if you wouldn't send a young person on a gap year to Uganda without training them in the culture, praying for them about this new life stage, sending them resources and knowing that someone's picking them up the other end and for them to connect, why would you do it with campus? If you would, wouldn't put them on a plane like that, why would you move them city without them knowing the names and faces of local church student workers and people to welcome them the other end? So we do something called Student Link Up that literally trains your teenagers. We want you to prep them for uni, connect them to churches through Student Link Up and help them land the other end. So that's a big part of what we do. I'm not talking about that today, but I want you to know because for all of you with kids, grandkids and church community with those young people, when they leave home and leave your youth care at age 17, 18, our job doesn't stop. We actually must pass that baton more effectively. The other thing I want to encourage you with, just stories on the ground from the last two weeks, is that where Student Link Up used to be about just linking Christian students to new local churches when they leave home, with the new generation coming through, so your 17, 18 year olds now who are known as Generation Z, we have started to invite any and every student to try church for the first time, to download the Student Link Up app and try church, not just find a new church. And last year, we got onto we Fusion helped the local church get onto 22 university campuses in their freshers kind of welcome fairs and say, hey, do you want to try church? Hey, you're at uni, you're trying new things. Would you like to try church? And we had about 400 young people go, yeah, good idea. That was last year. This year, we were on 22 campuses. This year, we managed to help the church get onto 25 campuses. So not, not that much growth, just a little bit, you know, a little bit more, but not very much. This year, in two weeks, just on campus alone, 1,271 young people said, yes, I'd like to try church. Cold contact evangelism on the ground. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I'm telling you that because that is in a year, it's tripled. And this is Generation Z. Your current 18-year-olds are more open than ever. And when, they go, when you go, would you like to try church? They go, yeah, what's church? When is it? Um, 10 a.m. What day of the week? Oh, Sunday. Like, genuinely, we're starting from scratch. Yeah. But they don't have baggage around it. So if you are open, if you're prayerful, if you're welcoming, and if you create family for them, they're going, yeah, I'd love to try. I want to frame this session with telling you that good news, because that means even if your community has yet to see young adults in it, I want to let you know your current young adults that are growing up right now are more open than ever 
to trying church community, faith, prayer, and being invited in to experience something and find out whether there's more. So I want to frame it, even if you're not currently, you know, you don't have loads of students or young adults in your community, that doesn't mean you can't. What I want to do with this research that I'm going to show you is basically, I just finished a master's degree. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, it's done. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But um, I'm, I'm an activist. I'm not that bothered about sitting in library, libraries reading books. However, for my dissertation, I decided to interview 12 young adults who have come to faith whilst at university in the last 18 months. I sat for an hour with each of them, listened to their story and tried to note down all those possible little factors that helped them on the journey to realising they wanted to give their whole lives into the hands of Jesus. I wrote down all those factors, 41 of them, and that was even me trying to summarise them. I then picked out um, in the stats what occurs the most commonly and came up with the commonalities where over 75% of the students up to 100%, these factors were vital in them coming to faith. So what I've done with that big story research is take it down to what must the church know? What must you and I know as Jesus followers that is pretty much indispensable for a young adult finding Jesus? And there are 12 major kind of stepping stones that I'm like, OK, if you've got these in place, you really are creating a lovely environment for someone to encounter Christ. But um, I've summarised them as much as I can for you to give you some real practical tools that take away from that research. So it's evidence based, but I'm going to try and make it more interesting than that because I'm less bothered by stats, but some people love it. Does that make sense? Yeah. OK, so we'll just dive straight in and um, Hannah will help me with the PowerPoint, but I'll basically skip through because you can find evidence for all of these things in scripture. Of course you can. It's not like this is a brand new revelation. We've got a new secret magical tool <laughs> that we've never heard of. It's just reminding us more what we're supposed to be doing as a church, really. So the top four, the big four re ways in which people are coming to Christ today, particularly this young generation, is through the local church, and I'll unpack what that means, through relationships, and I'll unpack what that means, through investigation and through the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to unpack those big findings and explain what exactly they meant when they said, this was my experience and this helped me follow Jesus. So the church, relationships, investigation and the Holy Spirit. So the church... There were four elements of what it means to be local church that, that young people finding Jesus today were like, that was key for me. Now, the first one, the one that 100% of the young people that came to faith said, um, which may or may not surprise you, but was a regular Sunday church service. 100% of those who came to faith had been invited to and attended a regular Sunday service. And that had helped them realise God actually might be real. Now, they didn't make a big deal. They're, they're, lots of them talked about the worship, but not all of them. And that didn't feature in the top 12 findings, which is... Come on in. No worries. We're just going through how people have come to faith today and the top findings, OK? So we're just on the first. You've not missed anything. So in your Sunday service, yes, worship was key, not the most key, which means if you think, oh, our worship's a bit old-fashioned, doesn't matter. They're not, they're not saying that's that important. But the big thing was that they were invited and when they went, they didn't feel out of place. They just were very interested. So that makes us think, who are you inviting into local church on Sunday? And did you know that every Sunday is an opportunity for an invite? Not just. Only one student I interviewed said a special guest service was important. All of them, it was your regular Sunday. 
So that's also worth clocking, because what is a guest service? Isn't every Sunday a guest service in a way? Secondly, small groups, a midweek expression of community that was smaller, where they felt safer to speak and ask questions was key. So how we think about if you've invited them on the big front door of a Sunday, what's going on midweek when they can meet up with three, four, six, maybe even eight, but I wouldn't really go too much past that, otherwise it's a big small group. How do you express community midweek? How can they plug in to find out more after they've heard something a little bit more of a, as a spectator on a Sunday? What are your small groups like? Because that's been absolutely key. The other thing they really mentioned about, your, about church, the local church, was the undeniable um, judgment-free welcome. Everyone is the welcome team and young adults across the board were like, I just felt included. I felt welcomed. I didn't feel on the outside. I was actually spoken to. I felt like people cared how I was. And they were amazed because in a culture where we're constantly sussing each other out, judging each other, and basically in one clique that makes another clique feel outside, students were blown away by Christians being different. And they said the welcome they received on a Sunday was huge for them. The final thing that I found out about church that was really distinctive and I wasn't expecting was that over 75% of the students I interviewed said that the Sunday preach was one of the most powerful reasons in how they came to faith. I know. So I wasn't expecting that. And I'm a preacher. And I was still really, I was really underplaying that one, to be honest. But I think it's because they have literally had no experience of church that meant they were profoundly interested about what was being communicated to them about Jesus. One of them said it was only in a Sunday sermon that they truly suddenly understood what grace meant for them. For a couple of them, that was a moment that they actually raised their hand and made a response to Christ and said, I would like to give my whole life to this person. But the majority, the Sunday preach had been a big part of them getting hungry and interested in more of faith because they'd actually, somebody had presented something of Jesus to them in a way that they could understand and want to know more about. Which means for those of you thinking, uh-oh, I need to have a chat with my church leader. Essentially, when you're, if you're anyone's communicating at the front, always think someone in the room doesn't know Jesus. Someone from a younger generation could be here and this could be the first time they've heard. We've just got to have that narrative in mind, even when we're preaching mainly for um, current believers. Always think there's an 18-year-old that's never been to church in the room and they're interested, they're actually listening because that's what we found out. So we'll skip through the scriptures because... You'll know, you can see Acts is characterised by the welcome, by teaching, by community. Keep going, Han. And then here's some quotes that uh, I love these, like just these things that just came out of students' mouths. Things like, I went as a research project to church to prove that God doesn't exist and then the opposite happened. Um, really craving small community. I talked to you earlier about loneliness and so that ability to feel like they belong somewhere is key. Um, people just being on fire for Jesus around them rubbed off on them. Uh, one of them just didn't want to go on a night out. And so a Sunday night meeting was perfect because they didn't want to get drunk. And so it was a, not, it was, it was a good alternative, genuinely. Keep skipping on. I think there's more quotes. Some of them found it. Oh, go one back. Sorry, thanks. Um, again, overwhelming love, not just of God, but experiencing God's love through community, which, again, we learned about this morning. No sense of judgment. So quick chat with the people next to you, just taking twos and threes. That's the first one. Church is that big theme. Sundays, small groups, the welcome and preaching. Have a chat. Where do you think you guys, uh, some of the, where do you think you're strong at it? Where do you think that's a real challenge for you? 
What is your immediate opinion having just heard some of that data? Have a quick chat, just share to process it, and then we'll come back to the second one. Okay. I'm sorry, but because of time, think about this as an icebreaker to further discussion rather than a, we've solved all our problems in one go. Something Sue just helpfully mentioned, which I know is, is more distinct for your Catholic context, is the fact that um, the churches that I was interviewing from were a spread of denominations and theological backgrounds, but they weren't Catholic, which means I understand your Sunday expression is going to look different, much more formal, right? But this is where I'd say to you, if you know, okay, and the way we express our Sunday gathering and our midweek, but particularly our Sunday gathering, so I know it's a pinnacle for you guys, if we don't have a sermon, really, just a little thought, if the main thing is the structure around mass, you guys have to be the welcome team and then the translators. Yeah. So welcome, you can do. Inviting to something of community midweek, you can do, because you don't just ignore each other for six days and then see each other on the seventh, right? Um, <laughs> maybe you do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys have to start hanging out with people <laughs> And stop being on your own all week. I think there's a, maybe another thing is, but here I'm saying this is an encouragement. If there's nothing going on midweek, start something. Honestly, yeah. there's two or three to be gathered. You, and the priest may say, oh, I'm too busy for that. And say, Father, just let us do it. And maybe read the yeah. gospel for the mass on Sunday, prepare it, you know. And, and that way, it really is only that's first step. And to be honest with the young people, just get a cup of tea with them. Honestly, start somewhere and find out their story and tell your story. But when it comes to your Sunday, you're going to have to do some translation. You're going to have to coach your visitor around, this is what's happening now. This is what they mean when they say come up for a blessing. This is what we believe is going on here. You know, you can be the translation. Our Masters for Families. Lovely. Is uh, basically around the children. The children to about eight, nine. Okay, fine. Go out for that one. Did you excellent? which is excellent but after that there's nothing there's then this coffee afterwards what happens all the families and the oldies go in uh -huh. for the coffee where do they where do the young people go and how did you get how do you get hold how do you encourage the old people the young because actually if the words come in Right, so great. This is perfectly leads on to the next finding because this is where it comes down to unpacking relationships. So we've got to get under the skin of a church meeting. It, that was only one of four factors of the church expressed in a more structured way. But the church is people, and so next one of relationships takes us on to what did people do and how did the Holy Spirit use people? to help young people find Jesus for the first time. So, firstly, then again, it's, it's kind of obvious. People come to faith when somebody who already follows Jesus tells them about him. So again, the highest thing that happened uh, in terms of students coming to know Jesus after being invited to church, because there were a couple of them that didn't have a Christian friend, but got like a cold contact invite and did go. The majority had a Christian friend who was honest about following Jesus, honest about being a Christian, and in a really kind of pressure-free way said, would you like to find out more? Would you like to come with me to church? Would you like to come with me to meet up with some of my Christian mates? So that key Christian friend, they noticed, 
they were friends with, they felt free to ask questions to, and they were intrigued by because they lived a little bit differently. Um, in that, one of the distinctives they also mentioned was the integrity and authenticity they saw in Christians. So that was often their Christian friend. For example, when everyone else is drunk, that Christian friend knew when to stop and was still completely fine. And they were like, how can you be in a party and not drunk? And they were able to talk about Jesus or choosing not to sleep with their boyfriend or whatever. There were some lifestyle things that for students that really made them pay attention because they were like, I've just not seen that. How, why is that your story? Oh, well, I follow Jesus, so I've kind of got a different way of living. Or they were just the one that didn't gossip or the one that were very kind or they were very open at chatting about their faith and they didn't mind being asked questions and they weren't defensive. And they were very honest about, don't know all the right answers, but happy to have the conversation. So authenticity and integrity came up as another big characteristic of what people saw in Christians' lives. Not perfect, but honest, real about the struggle and the joy of following Jesus and open enough to share their lives with other people. That was really big. Outside of having that key Christian friend, like 10 out of 12 of the students who came to faith also said they had somebody who they felt was a mental figure to them, who was either a different generation or further along in faith than them in some way. And that mental was not the same as their peer-to-peer -peer friendship. Now, this is important for you to know because younger generations, as you probably know, want family. They don't want ghettos of age groups. Young people stick with young people because they feel safer in their gang. They don't actually want to stay just knowing 18 year olds. They want to be parented. They want to be grandparented. They want to have a bit of coaching, but both sets of generations never know how to walk across the room. Because young people go, those parents are too busy. They're covered in toddlers. I'm not gonna go near that. The young parents go, I'm covered in toddlers, but I actually would like to speak to you. My parents' generation think they've got absolutely nothing to offer us lot. And us lot in our 20s and 30s are like, we are crying out to be parented. And it's people aren't talking, which means a couple of us brave ones need to be the awkward icebreaker. Walk across the room and say, you guys should get coffee because he's in law. You, you are interested in studying law. Probably you should talk. And then do it again. Honestly, I spent the amount of times I just spent dragging people across the room and be like, you should chat. You should get coffee. She does a school run. She's got 17 children and a dog. Maybe you should help. Bye. You know what I mean? Like... We've got to break some of these gaps, but it's going to take a few of us being aware and we have to go first. But the truth is, break the ice and we actually, these students, part of them coming to Jesus was they felt they had somebody from the outside to coach them, to ask them some questions, to pray for them when they were feeling depressed, to chat to them about relationships or forgiving their dad. They felt like they had somebody that wasn't just their mate, but was a mentor. And the final thing that came up in the relationships thing was that every student, part of their journey to coming to Jesus was they carried in with them broken relationships. Now, this sounds like a bit of a funny anomaly because all the rest of these are like positive Jesus things. But honestly, time and time again, in the stories of these young people coming to faith for the first time, they came in the context of carrying unforgiveness, broken families, broken relationships, and uh, feeling heavy burdens around people in their lives. And upon finding out more about Jesus, upon being prayed for for the first time, the amount of testimonies that came out about the ability to forgive kicking in, about weights being lifted, about actually one kid came home, kid, I say kid, she was 19, one girl came home and for the first time in her life told her dad that she loved him. 
because she'd met Jesus. You see, this, we need to know the context in which young people are coming to us, the context in which we're meeting them on the street is not fine. They have broken um, relationships all around them. And actually, this is this unbelievable good news of Jesus as the reconciler. We actually have something to say. Um, you see, we'll skip through. You see throughout the New Testament, lots of examples of mentoring and discipleship. Um, Paul taking people on the road as well as him being coached, for example. These are some of the things they said. Talking about people being really trustworthy. Talking about some of the lifestyle stuff. This idea of one of them said it was just the community felt really wholesome, which I thought was a really interesting word to use for a young, young man. But in this kind of culture, actually, there's almost something of the holiness of God that made him go, this just felt cleaner, how people were talking to each other, how people were together. Um, church friends felt solid. You know, this one girl is from, local to the northeast, felt completely out of place um, in the, the community context she was in. It was very elitist, very affluent, and that wasn't her story. Church was the place where she felt accept, acceptance and not judgment, not her own peer group. Loneliness was a big thing. Forgiveness came up. And, um, and even it was student to student mentoring as well, fourth years mentoring first years. So that anything, because you feel a different generation at uni, funnily enough, it doesn't take long to feel like that. So, those key relationships. Again, have a little chat, just buzz a couple minutes with the person next to you. What do you think about that? What strikes you about some of these different dynamics to relationships and people? Have you seen that in your own life? What might that look like in your context? Have a chat about that, process that for a few minutes. Go for it. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey to maximise your potential to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life is filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.